Welcome to this episode of The Authentic Advisor, which discusses and debates the hot topics impacting business advisors globally. My name is James Mason, and I'm joined today by Amanda Kennefer, the CEO of Power Tynan in Queensland, Australia, to talk about how they're helping clients to drive strategic insights from data about their operations through their division called PT 2.0. So welcome, Amanda. Thanks, James. Great to have you joining us today. Uh, so I thought before we get started on some of your insights around the, the why and how on PT 2.0, I thought it'd be good to start us off to hear more about your own journey and a bit about Power Tynan. Yeah. Um, me personally, I started in the industry scarily 25 years ago um, with Power Tynan, actually. Uh, prior to that, I, I was in local government. So they're the days I choose to forget about <laughs> and and went to the uh, the better business of, of being a part of Power Time. And um, during the 25 odd years, I've had a lot of various roles within the group. Uh, Power Time has always been very proactive and forward thinking. Um, the philosophy, I suppose, that we've always had in Power Time is we need to be running our business uh, the way that we are telling our clients to run their own business. So a lot of the times um, things that we roll out for clients is stuff that we've done ourselves first. Uh, so within that, like I said, within that whole 25 years, I've done various roles, um, became a partner at 27, uh, worked through all the business and, and helped set up a number of the services that we now have. Um, so we're in four locations being our main office and head office in Toowoomba, where I'm located, Stanthorpe, which is where Powhatan started back in 1969. Um, and we've got visiting offices in Brisbane and Roma as well. So majority of our clients are, um, are in that southeast corner. In saying that, though, we've got clients all over the world. Um, I was just talking to a client this morning from the Netherlands. So we, we do have clients um, everywhere. Uh, we've got four directors uh, that work across the business and the, the different service offerings that we have, we do leasing and finance, we do financial planning through a different um, entity name called Magnify because we do do financial planning for other accounting firms as well. Uh, we do self-managed super fund administration. We also do audit, whether that be, um, you know, trust account audits, self-managed super fund audits, uh, retail outgoing audits or the, the larger audits that we do in conjunction with a, another firm, SRJ Walker Island out of Brisbane, because they've got a um, an, an actual company auditor on their their team. So we, we do a lot of collaboration with those guys. And then we have the traditional business services um, advisory. And we've also got uh, PT Ignite, which is our bookkeeping CFO management accounting division as well. Um, what we're here today to talk about a bit more is PT 2.0, which is our data analytic uh, and automation area of our business. So as you can see, we've got a number of different areas that we, we run through. We've got 80 plus team members, however, that work across and, and through all of those different service offerings because they all have, I guess, their own um, specialties and intricacies. But majority of our clients use all of the services at least some of the time, if not all of the time. Um, we've also got a smaller shareholding in a company called Natural Capital Co. Um, that company does biodiversity, carbon accounting, and also um, land regeneration, sequestration, and ESG. Wow. So we've also got that on the sideline just to, you know, keep me busy. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, you've uh, <laughs> such a diverse range of services there. In your role, I guess, should be uh, 
you know, you know, trying to keep across all of that and keep it all innovative and evolving uh, yeah. would be quite a challenge. Yeah, it's, there's, I know a, a little about a lot, I suppose, but we've got the specialists in each of the areas. Um, and like I said, yeah, I'm, I'm just there to kind of keep it heading in, in the same direction and make sure that our customers and all our clients get the same service across all the different services and and they, um, yeah, utilise as much as they can from our services because at the end of the day, um, we're really just here to help our customers. I, th- I think our internal philosophy is philosophy is if I can look after the team, make sure the team's getting their personal development and all of everything they need, then we've got a you know strong individual that leads to a strong team, which means that we've got um, a really great team that helps our customers achieve their goals and in life. Yeah, and that's something I've always admired about not just yourself but the firm as a whole with that customer centricity focus but also team focus and I think that keeps you on the ball with what clients are needing coming forward which I guess has led to P2.0 so um, do you want to give us a a quick summary of a bit about PT 2.0 and why that was set up? Yep so PT 2.0 came out of a little bit of a brain snap of mine and me probably getting cranky about something actually in the fact that um, we had all these different reporting systems and I'm like, I know we've got the data in there somewhere, but I can't use it. I can't get it when I need to get it. So the very underlying reason around PT2 is basically getting the right information to the right people at the right time to allow them to make the right business decisions. That's kind of my the basics of where PT2 comes from. To do that, we obviously think about data analytics and um, automation and, and all those things that need to happen. And Every um, accounting firm or every business out there would have multiple sources or, you know, multiple technologies or we it might be a spreadsheet sitting over here. It might be, you know, a program sitting over there. But if we could actually overlay them on top of each other, we'd get great insights out of it. So probably about four and a half, five years ago now, I, yeah, like I said, I, I had a moment where I'm like, we need to do this for us. Um, mm. And we spent 12 months really um, digging into our systems and, and automating what we could and getting the, our systems to talk to each other, printing out reports, having dashboards, really so that we could actually drill down into what's happening in the business, not just looking at, you know, if you think about a dashboard or, you know, you're flying a plane, you don't just want to fly the plane and go, oh, we've got fuel, so we must be good to go. You want to look at a whole different, uh, a number of different measures. So I, I looked at it mm-hmm. from that point of view and went, what do we need to know to truly understand this business? Yes, you know, we need to understand the basics that, Every accounting firm should have. I need to know lockup days and I need to know we're making money and all those sort of things. But wouldn't it be really cool to be able to look at the productivity on that client or that team member overlap? All the things that you can do because we've got all that information, but it was too hard to get or it was too hard to overlay it with each other. Um, so we spent 12 months doing that. Um, and then we kind of went, you know what? There's so many accounting firms out there that are wanting and needing this information as well. So um, we look after probably about 80% of the top 100 accounting firms um, and in Australia and a lot of others outside that top 100 as well, but just helping them pull their data together and what that looks like. Um, so project size can be anything from, you know, on average it's probably 15 to 25 grand. So it's not, you know, this massive 100 grand job in saying that. We've done a couple of those as well, but it's very manageable, you know, to get, that that out we we spend us we do a bit of, of a scoping session with you to work out you know what do you want or to give you this is what we've done with other people if you go i need something but i don't know what it looks like um and we can come up with what what works for you 
um, and built on industry knowledge because I think that's where we we strive with accounting firms is because we are one. We know what you're looking mm. for. We know what, you know, the pain points, the friction points are. So we, we sort of go. So you're helping that. them with the, the, the dashboards yeah. and the like for, for, for the, the firm, firm itself. itself. Are, you then, are you then extending that out to their, yeah. as a service that they're offering then to the, the clients? Because, I mean, we've seen over the journey, and as you know, we've got our five phase of advisory yeah. with the data and the insights and the problem solving strategy implementation. Yes. But, I mean, the data and therefore then the insights pieces become so valuable because it does open that door to the levers to pull to drive yeah. change in a business. Um, so, yeah, I can see that extension onto the clients quite quickly once you get past the accounting I firms actually, as a start. I actually point. did steal your five levels of advisory in breaking this up in some ways of, of how to ex borrow, borrow sorry, <laughs> repurposed um, <laughs> on how to explain to how it, how it could work for other accounting firms going. And a bit like, you know, bringing it back to our philosophy here that, if you are using it and you understand how it works, then it's easier then for you to go out and actually talk to your clients about it and what they could get out of it and then you're giving them the insights. So the way we've sort of broken it up is we talk to our accounting firm clients and go, okay, this is what you can do. This is how we need to clean your data first. Nine times out of ten, it's taking a step back and cleaning data because, you know, if we're putting rubbish mm -hmm. in, you're getting rubbish out. So just cleaning the data, working out what the the reporting needs to look at. Then on top of that, we actually add an advisory piece to that and go, we're happy to work with you because we live it and breathe it ourselves on an advisory capacity of what you might want to look like, what you might want to look for in your reporting and what you might want to do. Like I said, what lever to pull, what driver to push, depending on what you're trying to achieve as a strategy. Then a part mm -hmm. of that is like, wouldn't you love to do this with your clients. So then we yes. we kind of come in from the back, back end of things and go, we're happy to sit in the background. They don't even have to know P22 is a part of it. We are just there to support you to go out to the clients to talk about dashboards. We help scope it out. We put it in place um, and then you can work with your clients because I guess what we're trying to achieve is a great greater businesses and there's that many SMEs in Australia. We don't need, to, we can't look after them all. We don't want to own them all. We're just here to make the accounting industry stronger uh, at the end of the day. So yeah, if yeah. we can sit behind you. And then it's the starting point, correct. isn't it, to, to move move beyond the, the just the, the, the typical compliance services yeah. and to move beyond the numbers and probably joins the dots to some of those advisory discussions. Yes. Um, as a as a toe in the water starting point that people feel more yeah. more comfortable in, but it's highly valuable to the the clients. Yeah, as well. and, and I think that's where it sort of started. And from that, we've probably um, we're starting to morph into that subscription model as well, where we're on retainer model or subscription mo subscription model with a lot of our accounting clients that they want to keep on adding to their reporting or changing their reporting, but also. Um, yeah, we, we're working with their clients on a lot of that. So our subscriptions can be from $500 a month up to four grand a month, depending on what, what's required at that time as well. So I guess our business is, um, is changing over the last probably 18 months or so as well. And probably in the future, probably more going into that subscription model as we've built with so many other accounting firms going, Hey, we can do this for you. It's kind of like set up 80% of it's already set. We just need to fix up those that last twenty percent for you specifically, um, and then we keep adding and, and enhancing that product. So that's where that subscription model comes into play as well. And, and what do you typically find when you're thinking of the end client? What are people charging? What a power time and charge a client to um, have a sub subscription? I know 
cover the pricing yep. from an accounting firm perspective. But what do you find are some of the typical price points for people to actually come and meet with clients and run them through some of their numbers using these dashboards and probably deeper diving into some of yeah, the metrics? Yeah, so normally um, depends on the client. Some want monthly catch-ups, some want quarterly catch-ups. If they're quarterly catch-ups, including, um, you know, making sure that the software and everything still talks to each other and it's, it's updated because you've got to remember – software's updated all the time so something if you know in i don't know a a program that you use for quoting um or you know like deer or something changes their pro forma then it might change the linking through to the reporting so to make sure it's always updated um and to have those insight reports and have those meetings with people um usually the accounting firms are charging their clients so from if i think from a power time perspective clients of ours that are using the dashboards um, that PT2's done, we charge probably about two, two and a half grand a quarter to have those meetings to go through that and they've got access to that dashboard. So it's not out of the realm of, you know, small businesses to have no. to have those those discussions. Well, and it's so critical for them to understand, um, you know, because you do see a lot of people set these lofty targets, but to actually bring it down to that more granular yeah. level as to understanding, you know, are we on track with that? What does that mean from a, a metrics perspective? Are we making profit? You know, is this particular product or service line profitable? Yeah. Um, they're missing a lot of that. that yeah, insight. and I think the, um, the the thing I see is a lot of people go, oh, but I get my P&L, my balance sheet, my cash flow, like I'm good. This is the other data, exactly what you said. Like are we, mm. you know, have we actually made a profit on that product line or what are we doing? So it's, it's those other um, metrics, not just the the dashboard that you get from your P&L and your balance sheet. It's the other things that... Your other systems probably have a lot of that data, probably not your zero file or your accounting file. You would have other systems that are holding other data. So it might be as simple as how many people are coming in getting quotes? How many does that convert to a sale? You know, why did you miss mm. them? All the, like all the information and the insights that you could get out of that as an example. Yeah, stops you stabbing Correct. in the dark with uh, assumptions. Yeah. 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 And what's some of the software that you're advocating for in, in, in finding clients are are using or you're um, encouraging them to yep. use to, to draw So we that use out. Power Apps and Power BI um, and linking that through Atani. So they're sort of the three of what it, I guess, the end scenario where it all comes to. Other programs that we obviously use, you know, Zero, XPM, Deer, Unleash, Sin7, Dynamics, APS, Myob, the Reckon, the usual. Um, but yeah, Power mm -hmm. Apps, Power BI, and Atani are our probably core of where we pull and source the data into that. Yeah, okay. And, and what do you tend to find uh, some of the, because I know with software in here, it's a, it's a nightmare sometimes, but we're, you know, we've rolled out salesforce.com and it's been an interesting uh, exercise and quite costly at, at times when you're trying to get it set up right. And, and we've learned the hard way, the downside of not setting these things up right. So what, what do you tend to find are some of the challenges that firms have to overcome when they're rolling yeah. this out? Um, either internally or for And it's one of the reasons, like I, I kind of touched on it earlier, that People come to us and go, hey, we want this report. We're like, great, let's take a step back. What software are you using? Mm -hmm. How are you using it? What's your process? Is it written down? Does everyone follow it? You know, we've had meetings where we've sat with the partner and accounting firms and they're like, we need this milestone or this matter for timesheets because I can't do my job without it. And we've come in with data and went, it hasn't been used in four years. Do you still need it? <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. it's actually mm -hmm. going. Yeah, yeah. It, so we're challenging, challenging how you're using it, the actual process. So it's in some ways going, make sure we map out the process and know what your outcome, you want the outcome to be before we just throw technology at it. 
because it's it goes back to that rubbish in, rubbish out. Like we will get the worst name in the world if we come and go, here's your reports, and everyone turns around and goes, but that's giving me the wrong numbers. They're only the wrong numbers because the wrong input has has happened most of the time. So we yeah. always take it that step back when we're scoping it, and nearly every project we've ever done is we, we barely ever get people to change software because there's a massive change management um, as a part of that unless we go the software is actually not designed for what you want it for. We actually go back and go, mm -hmm. let's utilise this software the best it can be, update your process, what does that look like, and then we get to the reporting. So most of our um, projects when we do them, and that's that 15 to 25 grand size project, we actually do a scoping session and they've probably then got three or four phases in between before it in turns into a product. All that gets done, though, within a period of, say, eight to nine weeks. So it's not like you're waiting a mm -hmm. whole year for anything, but that's sort of how we how we do that. Yeah, okay. And and do you find that um, is there a training element to get the, the team comfortable to have those conversations with clients as well? Because you tend to find, I've, I've found in the past with some of these dashboards, you know, somebody will be running through a return on net assets um, or something and that goes yeah. completely over my head of the relevancy to our business. Um, so is there a training element you've got to do with the team to, or do you find firms have got to do a fair bit to get people asking the right questions that are relevant um, to the Yeah, sometimes. Do, like I think you've got to get the right people on board. Like, you know, not everyone is right for every role in, in the business, I suppose. So it's making sure you've got the right mm. people understanding what's possible. Um, so more so than training, it's like actually being able to show them what is possible, what are the opportunities that they can keep an eye out for. Um, for want of a better word, to go, mm -hmm. this is what's possible. So if you're sitting with a client, they're going, oh, I don't know if we're making money on that client. All of a sudden in your head you go, there is that report. Maybe we can pull something out of that together. So you, we start having those kind of conversations. We also make sure within the reports that um, when you're looking at it on screen, there's a little question mark next to it. So if someone's talking, talking about return on investment or break-even analysis or whatever, and you're going, what the hell does that mean? You can actually look at the question mark and it mm. shows you the formula or explains what it is so that they're, they're kind of like you can use them. The other thing I would say, though, and that probably leads to that advisory and insights part is don't just build a dashboard and give it to the client and go, good luck, see you later. Turn it into that advisory mm. and that insight conversation so that you, you're having those conversations with the client about what that number means to them and what do they need to do around that. Um, we do, as a part mm. of that, if we're working with an accounting firm and the accountants and setting that up for clients, we'll actually help guide that conversation as well if, if the accounting firm wants it. Yeah, and, and I know uh, with your model as well, you, you've then got a whole range of the advisory services that come in on the back end of that to yes. help clients. Uh, once you've done the data and insights piece, I, I assume you're then moving on to, okay, you've, you need a clarity of the strategy, your vision, you need something around leadership, implementation support. It, it, you, I assume, find that quite a natural then evolution because you've, yes. you've, you've so we, the dots. So we utilise the growth and profit diagnostic from Mindshop a fair bit because that actually helps mm -hmm. um, a lot of people actually understand where they are now and is the data that they're getting actually helping them where they want to go. So we, mm -hmm. we do use that and, and utilise those diagnostics and have loved being able to write our own diagnostics as well to be able to add that, um, that next step into that as well to kind of get, people thinking what's next and what, what else does that look like? What else do we need to do? Yeah, because that, that's we hear it all the time. Um, as you said, people have in the right 
spot to be having those uh, deeper diving conversations around the business, but then they, they sort of stop there and say, okay, mm. good meeting. Uh, we'll see you again in three months' time rather than saying, actually, we can help you with that. And I think one, you know, we're finding, but getting this data and insights piece in place uh, first, it, it just seems to uh, pave the way to leading into more of those deeper dive advisory services if people have got the capability to do it. So it's good that you're sort of tying in the diagnostics and then leading, because I know you personally do a lot of strategy work and, and the like, um, which, is, mm, which is obviously yep. working well. That's good. And, yeah, this just ties in with that, I suppose. So, yeah. Yeah, good. Um, so finally, what would be three tips um, for others looking to go down this route to do this sort of work with their own clients? Is there any key tips? Yeah, um, I think the first one for me is have a strategy, like actually plan the what you know who you want to be and what you want to do with it because um, there's there's many different ways. There's, you know, hybrid models. You can, you know, work with other people to deliver. You can do the worst thing. I shouldn't say the worst thing, but the hardest thing is that you've set up a service offering and you've got one person that can do, say, Power BI and pull all the data together and they end up leaving and then all of a sudden you've got a service that you can't support. So I, I guess it's making sure you've got a strategy, you know, you know, find those good partners that you can partner with um, that just help with those knowledge gaps or working together. Uh, we, we've done that with a couple of other Mindshop members. I'm sure they won't mind me talking about it. So we've done it with WK and Advise uh, because we've got PT2. We've sat behind those guys. Matt, as you would know, has launched off into the world and, and doesn't really need us as much as what he ever used to. But we sat there and, and worked with him and we do the same with WK because it doesn't matter then if someone leaves, they've still got the ability to deliver on whatever they're delivering mm. to their clients. So I'd say, yeah, have a strategy, plan what you want to do, make sure you've got the team to support it and find a good partner um, to to make sure you've got that capacity as you grow because you can't employ five people to do it on day one. No, no, and I think as more and more want to go down this path, there's no point reinventing the wheel. So, um, yeah, people are turning to a safe pair of hands like yourselves to uh, pave the way in those areas and, and groups yeah. like us. So, uh, so uh, no, and I think it gives you the opportunity to, you know, put your foot in. We sit in behind the hand and do all the, you know, the back end. The clients, like I said, we've we've done work for other businesses that would not know PT two was even in there behind the scenes building what they want because they've done the advisory themselves on the on the other side and, and we've just sat in the background and actually helped that firm deliver that to those clients. So like I said, my my aim when we started this was we can really make accounting firms stand up, re-own that advisory space and really if I can give back to the industry, then my job's done. Yeah, no, great. Well, Amanda, thank you very much for telling us uh, your story and the story of PT 2.0. I think, um, yeah, lots for people to take on board and, and no appreciate worries, thank the time you. today.